The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every single part of Star Wars is great. From a certain point of view, I'm your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, I have a guest. Now, normally when I record this podcast, it's often late at night, and my guest is a little sip of whiskey. But today, it is early in the morning, and my guest is a giant cup of coffee. A cup of coffee that is going to lie to me about how much work I'm going to get done today. And after all, isn't coffee just morning whiskey? Anyway, that's my philosophy. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. Normally I take two grievances, a master grievance and an apprentice grievance, and we get to guess which is which. Things that upset fans about Star Wars, about their beloved Star Wars, and I try to make those people and the listeners, and often myself, feel better about that particular Star Wars grievance and discuss a little bit about the idea of the grievance. But today, I have just one grievance, because it is a big one, and I think it is something almost every Star Wars fan out there is wrestling with. And this comes to us from our good friend Alex over at Star Wars Explained, the absolutely phenomenal YouTube site. Alex takes a a Star Wars canon, Star Wars legends, just little bits of info and breaks them down into handy, charming little bite-sized chunks. So if you're just like, hey, what's the deal with the Soka? He's gotten a Soka video. If you're like, what's the deal with Darth Vader's toenail? That's not a real one yet. But someday, I predict It will be. Anyway, here's what Alex has to say. Here are two complaints I have heard over and over again. Why don't the new movies have any familiar aliens in them? All we see are new creatures, and I want to see the aliens I already know and love. Also, why does the ATM6 look so much like the ATAT or AT-AT? We deserve brand new designs, not this rehash crap. The Last Jedi is going to just be a remake of Empire. Okay, says Alex. So, what do you want? Do you want new designs or not? You're sick of seeing new aliens, but you're also sick of seeing familiar vehicles. What do you want, Star Wars fans? That, Alex, is a great question and a great grievance because I believe it is all of our grievance. I think it is fair to say that on some level, we all don't know what we want because we have all expressed, I believe, Maybe there's someone out there who is entirely 100% content with Star Wars. And in that case, why are you listening to this podcast? Anyway, please, welcome, listen. Uh, We have all wrestled with the, we want old things, and we want new things. It's part of the nature of what Star Wars is. And this question is really looming right now with the uh, criticism when J.J. Abrams returned to direct episode 9 that The Force Awakens is too similar to A New Hope, and we're already hearing the burbling of that. As The Last Jedi is about to come out, we're already hearing the burbling of, well, uh, some people just think it's going to be just The Empire Strikes Back again. So I wanted to talk about this larger idea of the balance in the force of Star Wars, between old and new, and see if I can make myself, make Alex, and make all of my listeners maybe think about it some different ways and hopefully feel a little bit better about it. So first, I just want to break down why 
this happens, why Star Wars fans seem to be hung up on this particular dichotomy. And I think part of it is just preference. We all want different things. There are probably some of us who are maybe a little bit older and maybe we have seen uh, cycles in entertainment because things get remade. And a lot of times you'll see something when you're really young and go, wow, that's so cool and fresh. And then you see it again when you're older and go like, come on, we know this. But then you see it through a young person's eyes and that's the first time they're seeing this. There is right now, someone is seeing for the first time an angry rogue cop who is too old for this shit. Right now, someone is seeing that for the first time and going, wow, cool, that is breaking the mold. But for anybody who has been alive for a little while, you're like, yeah, rogue cops. We got it. Do they break all the rules? All right. Does their desk sergeant yell at them? Sure does. But you know what? That rogue cop gets the job done. We all know it. So uh, I think sometimes there is just a different perspective of people who might be being introduced to an idea for a first time are more open to it. And I think there is also uh, the sort of opposite preference where people really want to see what they know. I think particularly more casual Star Wars fans who are just like, is Darth Vader going to be in this one? And they have no idea that there are millions of us debating whether or not Darth Vader should appear in movies. How many frames is it acceptable for him to show up in the new Han Solo movie? There are plenty of people who are just like, I love Star Wars, so does my kid. We're going to see Darth Vader again. He's not in this one? Okay. Well, there was some light side and some dark side and some lightsabers and some pew, 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 and I was happy. So I think there's people who do just want the old. Now, personally, I think there are great strengths to seeing both the old and the new in Star Wars. One of the things that I want out of Star Wars is, after spending so much time in the Star Wars nerd bubble and reading the books and as many of the comic books as my iPad can handle, I want the universe to make sense. Now, if the universe is going to make nice, tidy sense, you know what that means? That means Senator Noar Jabel. My favorite small character from Rogue One. That's not fair. I also like Admiral Raddatz and Bistan, but I would argue they are stars of Rogue One. Anyway, Noor Jabel is one of the whiny senators who is really not up for fighting the Empire. Now, he pops up again in books uh, that are about the formation of the Rebellion, where it makes sense for him to pop up. And when he does, I'm so happy because it makes sense. A larger example of this is Vader in Rogue One. It makes sense that there's a huge uh, rebel attack, really uh, the first of this scale. Of course, Vader would come flying in. And as fans, this is Vader in his prime. And we haven't really truly got to see that on screen. So, of course, it makes sense that they would give us that. It is kind of both the old and the new at once, that Vader Rogue One uh, death hallway scene, because... We know that's the truth of the character. We haven't just seen it like that on screen. So it is both the old, that makes sense, and the new, because we haven't truly seen it before. But anyway, the point is, I like the old stuff, like Alex's particular example. I want to see Rodians. I want to see Athorians. I want to see Aqualish. I want to see Nikto. I want to see all of those aliens. I want me some Grands and some Dugs. I want to see them all. I don't want to think that there is just a virus that wiped out all of those aliens, and now the only aliens that exist are the new Abednettos that are uh, all over The Force Awakens, because I want this to make sense of, like, these are prominent species 
in the galaxy, who have investment in what is going on in the galaxy. So I want the old so the universe makes sense. But there is a danger in that it leads to possible repetition. Here is another thing I want, because apparently this episode is just Star Wars. Joseph counsels himself by saying what he wants. Anyway, I want big, weird, shocking things. In particular, I want super bizarre, pulpy, early science fiction insanity. I want a B-movie with the biggest budget that ever budgeted. That, to me, is a part of Star Wars that we are in risk of losing because we are making this sure the Star Wars universe makes sense, which I like. But I also don't want to lose that spirit of George Lucas loving B-movies, loving old pulp magazines, loving Flash Gordon aesthetic, and where suddenly, if you're in a cave... Of course there's going to be a monster in there. If you're in an asteroid, yeah, of course a space slug uh, lives there. And just bizarre things that no one would ever think of. Like, oh, you know, for this plot point, we really want Darth Vader to capture Han Solo. So, of course, he is going to just freeze him. He's going to flash freeze him like a bunch of peas being shipped somewhere. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. And we'll call it carbonite. Yep, that makes sense. And just being bizarre, just constantly bizarre. Every place you turn, there is something new and bizarre. For example, that's why I like uh, the more controversial Rathtar from Force Awakens and the Boar Gullet from Rogue One. Do they entirely work design-wise? Do they look Star Wars? I, I think that's debatable. Uh, my my co-host uh, here on the Force Center podcast feed, Ken Napsack, always says the Rathtars look like they're maybe from Men in Black 2. Fair enough. I think that is true. But I like them because they are different. I have not previously seen in Star Wars a rolling ball of tentacles and hate. And I like seeing that new stuff because it is bizarre and weird. Now, the Borgullet I liked in particular because it was creepy weird. It was basically this strange memory uh, test machine, this lie detector, a lie detector with tentacles. Yeah, I love that. And the strange implication that Saw Gerrera was using it on himself, maybe, for some reason, and we don't know why. That's great tip-of-the-iceberg storytelling where you can start to imagine the rest. So I'm fine with designs that maybe don't immediately feel like Star Wars because they're new, because they push the new. I want more bizarre things. You know what? I could have gone with even more strange creatures in things in Rogue One. I want background logic that makes no sense. I want to discover that the Canto Bight casino planet is actually a demon. The whole planet is a large sentient being, and it's got a big pulsing heart, and that's where they draw all of their energy from. And I want to see, like, a Canto Bight casino uh, alien who's just hanging out in his just a giant head with only feet. Maybe feet claws. Maybe he's got wings on the top of his head. Maybe the wings are even uh, form some sort of strange space toupee. Who knows? I want things that I can't imagine. I want things that other people have just gone so far to the corners of the galaxy of bizarreness that I can't imagine it right now. That is what I want in terms of new stuff because I feel like we need both. Now, before I get a little bit more into that sort of cocktail of the old and the new, I also just want to address that I think Alex in particular with his example of some of us sometimes saying two contrasting complaints at the same time that where are the old aliens and why are all the ships just replicas of old ones? Duh. I think that sometimes we are much like 
our friends in the Star Wars galaxy, sometimes we're just frustrated and we want to be angry about something. I think we all got a little bit of Kylo Ren in us where sometimes we just want to lash out at our loved one. It's like Star Wars itself is in some ways our parents. It's Han Solo, Princess Leia, General Leia, and we should just be grateful because we have this awesome loved thing in our lives, Star Wars. But sometimes, just like Kylo Ren, we feel angry at our loved ones and we lash out and we make bad choices. In Kylo Ren's case, he assassinated all of the Jedi and joined the dark side and murdered his father. We just leave snarky comments on the internet. So I think we are doing better. But I think for all of us, it is good to recognize that sometimes, sometimes maybe our concerns are coming from like a real uh, a taste place, maybe a real rational place. And sometimes we just want to release some anger and we let it out on poor Star Wars. And I myself am guilty of that. And I try to be mindful, try to be mindful of not giving into the hate when there's a part of Star Wars that I disagree with. I will never be a fan of Vader's choking pun. And yes, it's a pun. It's not wordplay. It's a pun. I will never like that. But I have had so much fun discussing it with friends. Anyway, moving on. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Let's talk a little bit more about the big picture of what we truly want out of Star Wars. And this is something that I have had a sort of personal epiphany about in my own life. Star Wars talks about a lot of different uh, contrasts, a lot of different dichotomies. There is, of course, the light and the dark, and perhaps The Last Jedi will explore different ways of looking at the light and the dark. Uh, But more than anything, I think the true contrast that we are often wrestling with when watching Star Wars movies and when leading our lives is the contrast between comfort and adventure, that epic battle between going to a party where you don't know many people, and staying home on your couch. It is the epic battle of couch versus party, party versus couch. Now, I think it is natural for humans to strive after both. We want new things. If we don't do anything new, we start to stagnate and we start to uh, think back to when we had exciting moments in our life and we want that again. We want that fresh rush. But then once you're introduced to comfort, You got Netflix, you got a couch, you have the takeout from that place that you always order takeout from, you know it's good. 
You could try that new place, but what if it's not good? But what if it's amazing? Then it's the just an adventure for your mouth. Anyway, my point is, I think we wrestle with this in real life of finding that exact right balance between comfort and adventure, between the rewards of taking risks, and just the sense of peace and belonging when you're somewhere familiar and happy with people you love. And that, I think, is what we're wrestling with with Star Wars right now in particular, because Star Wars has just come back. It is something that we have known, many of us, for a long time in our lives. Even people who are six years old will have the perception that Star Wars has been in their life their whole life. You have memories. That's comfort. Seeing Luke Skywalker step into the Millennium Falcon, that is comfort. But we also want the adventure of the new. Why is Luke on the Falcon? Is he going to do something that he has never done before? Or if he does something truly bizarre and unexpected, if he ignites a saber cane that we didn't know about and the color is puce for some reason, and he just starts hacking apart the panel of the Millennium Falcon, that would be exciting and new. But maybe we wouldn't want that. Maybe that's too much adventure and we want a little bit more comfort. Now, I realize within this, all of my examples of adventure carry with them the baggage of We want things that seem right. Even if it's new, we still want them to feel Star Wars. I would not want Darth Vader to suddenly decide, you know what? Uh, Turns out that there was a period of Darth Vader's life where he decided his armor should be green. You know, just for funsies. Uh, I wouldn't want that because that's not Star Wars. It doesn't come from the character. It's exciting and new for sure, but it doesn't come from the character. So within this balance of comfort and adventure, I still do want it to feel... Star Wars somehow. So my answer, ultimately, of how to address not only this grievance, but this real practical uh, concern, this creative concern that all of the different people creating Star Wars, everyone from Kathleen Kennedy to every director fired or not fired, every uh, uh, person involved with this story group, every person who gets to write a comic book, draw a comic book, write a novel, draw a coloring book, make uh, Forces of Destiny Adventure, everyone making some Star Wars at all, I think the goal is to torture test it, to push the new stuff while still keeping the balance of the old to always make sure that you're trying for something that is both comfort and adventure. I think ultimately that is the story of the prequels in many ways. At the time the prequels came out, there were a ton of criticisms every time that there was something that was explicitly similar to a previous movie uh, that basically, well, Phantom Menace ends with Not a metal ceremony, but a big glowing blue ball ceremony. And, oh, the Skywalker uses the Force, kind of, to blow up the big ship. And, oh, attack the clones. It's like Empire Strikes Back, so we have to have an asteroid chase. And why are characters repeating lines that are from the original trilogy? That doesn't... Come on, why is it so similar? But at the same time... People also had issues with it because it was very, very different. The original trilogy is a swashbuckling adventure that has a sort of micro-focus on our main characters as they're part of this massive galactic civil war. In contrast, the prequel trilogy is this big macro story of how a government works and why it falls apart and how the Jedi Order have systemic problems. Clone armies, what's the deal with that? All of these very, very big 
questions. So the prequels, I think, and this is one of the reasons I have come to be a, a prequelist, someone who appreciates the great parts of the prequels, is that George Lucas really did torture test the world of Star Wars. And I think for some of us, even to this day, we'll say, hey, George, we didn't like that part. That didn't part, that part didn't feel like Star Wars to me, but he created so much new stuff in the prequel era because he torture tested the world. And I think that is what is going to make Star Wars better. (laughs) Torture. That didn't come out quite right. But you know what I mean. Push the boundaries. But as long as you're pushing the boundaries, always keep an anchor in something old. And I think when we're seeing that on screen, we can kind of uh, micro-obsess and say, as a fan, I like that detail. I reject that detail. I like that detail. I reject that detail. And I think a good thing to keep in mind is maybe it should be a mix. When you're watching it, maybe it should be a mix of things like, I am so happy to see that. Oh, that brand new design is super cool. This other brand new design, I'm really not sure about that. And know that as a Star Wars fan, you're going to live with it for years. And after a while, you might turn around one day and find yourself a Borg gullet lover. Because after a while, Maybe it starts to make sense to you. Maybe there are other elements of design in the Star Wars galaxy that start to also look and feel like Borgullet, and suddenly Borgullet starts to make sense. Maybe Borgullet will get his own spin-off movie or Saturday morning cartoon. Disney, call me. I will write Borgullet's Saturday morning adventures. All of which leads me to a brief discussion of The Last Jedi that I think everyone is very excited uh, to see even the people who are afraid that it is going to be too similar to The Empire Strikes Back. Here is my Star Wars opinion. It has always been this, and I don't think it's ever going to change. Star Wars has always been a cocktail of the old and the new. I have said this before, but A New Hope, which wasn't even called A New Hope when it came out. It was just Star Wars. It had one foot firmly planted in the past, in nostalgia. It had nostalgia when it came out in the movies as a movie in 1977. It had nostalgia as this is kind of a throwback movie. It feels a little bit more like a B-movie serial. It almost all the movies at the time in the 70s were about uh, either death sharks or angry taxi drivers. There was cocaine everywhere. And this seemed like a simpler adventure from a long time ago. And then, of course, internally, we have the story that this is all about Luke Skywalker's father. Almost all of this is happening because Luke wants to be a Jedi like his father. Obi-Wan is an old warrior who has to pass the torch to these new young people. The Empire are busy creating this new weapon, but they're using it to wipe out this old form of government. It is all right there. The design, it's the whole lived-in universe isn't just like, uh, yeah, when Star Wars products are produced in-world, they're immediately beaten up and handed out. No, it's that these things are old, that people have been using them for a long time. So being old, having a sense of history, is so much a part of Star Wars. Now, of course, there's also the, we never truly saw this on screen, the sound of a lightsaber, the look of a lightsaber has never been on a screen before. Uh, I could go on and on about the new things as well as I did about the old things, but I want to get back to the main point of Last Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is the second chapter in the saga. It is uh, dark, it is uh, emotional, it's not grim dark. it's just 
really uh, powerful for the characters because they are being tested. Their beliefs are being tested. Their faith is being tested. They are on the run. And that makes sense to me for chapter two of his story. And I want The Last Jedi to feel like that. I want The Last Jedi to not in every little plot detail be like The Empire Strikes Back, but I want it to be, hey, here are a bunch of people, heroes, people who want to be heroes, struggling toward their destiny, trying to decide what their destiny is while trapped in a massive war. And they have elder figures, like in uh, The Last Jedi, it'll be Luke Skywalker, it'll be Snoke, telling them what they should do and feel and how they should proceed. Just like Luke had Obi-Wan and Yoda, just like Vader had Palpatine's hologram floating above him, putting pressure on them to decide their fate when it is truly these uh, new characters who have to forge a new destiny for themselves. Those similarities to Empire Strikes Back make sense to me. They make sense in our universe, in our real human universe, and they make sense in the universe of Star Wars because the Galactic Civil War was the last big war, and here the galaxy is plunged once again in the middle of the war. It's going to be on the characters' minds, the events of Empire Strikes Back and the whole original trilogy. It would be natural for them to reflect on those choices. And also, good old George Lucas in his comment about the rhyme of Star Wars, that it's poetry. It rhymes. Yes, I like that quote. We make fun of it, we tease it, but it does make sense to me because uh, I think life is very cyclical and we run into the same decisions, but they feel both old and new because they're a different generation facing them. Uh, You might still struggle to decide, am I in the mood tonight for comfort versus adventure? Do I want to stay home on my couch or do I want to go out at a party? Now, that is a decision that your parents faced. They might not have faced it with the siren song of Netflix on the couch. They might not have faced going out to a party by ordering an Uber or a Lyft. So they didn't experience it exactly the way you are. But your parents, depending on how old you are, who knows what they were deciding? Do I want to stay at home and eat my TV dinner and watch Dick Van Dyke for comfort? Do I need my Dick Van Dyke comfort in my big hungry meal? Or should I get in my giant size Buick and go down to wherever kids are hanging out, to the roller rink? I am getting really confused about how time works, but you understand my point. Just because it feels fresh and new to you doesn't mean that it was not experienced in the same way by an older generation, and I feel like that makes sense to real life, so it makes sense to us in Star Wars. I want to see that poetry. I want to see moments where it feels like, wow, Rey is facing a similar choice to Luke, so it feels old, but she's a different person. And her circumstances are different. So can she make a choice that feels similar to what Luke was presented with? But now she has options that Luke didn't have. Or she sees it in a new way that Luke never could. This is a story of generations. This is a story of cycles. And maybe, maybe this is a story of breaking a cycle in The Last Jedi. So to be clear, I do not want The Last Jedi to be a rehash or a remake of The Empire Strikes Back. And I do not think it will be. I think it will be like a foggy dream. 
I think there will be elements of it where you feel like, this feels familiar from long ago, from a, a different time, a different place. Because that is, to me, a part of the magic of Star Wars, a part of the, the myth that George Lucas tapped into. It feels fundamental. It feels like we know this story. And there's something in that that is both comfort and adventure, because it feels like, if I have been here before, if we have faced these challenges, these questions before, shouldn't we know the answer? But we don't, because it's a big, tough galaxy out there, and there is always comfort, and there is always adventure. There is always the old, and there is always the new And personally, I want both in my Star Wars. I want Star Wars to be a massive buffet. And I want to go up to that buffet. And I want to gorge myself on the parts that I like. And then, if there's like some cold gross shrimp, and other people are like, shrimp, that's awesome. I want to eat all that shrimp. I'll just say, I I don't like the shrimp, so I'm going to skip the shrimp. And then, other people can enjoy the shrimp part of the buffet that is Star Wars. That's right. How is that for new and adventurous? I compared Star Wars to a buffet full of wet, cold shrimp. And I say that as somebody who loves Star Wars. In fact, I would like to see a shrimp monster of some kind in Star Wars. Maybe in the new Han Solo movie. We will get all of the old and the familiar. We will get Han Solo. But maybe he will ride a giant space shrimp And that might be awesome, or it might be something that needs Star Wars counseling. Anyway, Alex, thanks for the great question. I think it is something that we're all wrestling with right now, and I hope uh, me working through some of my own thoughts and feelings about the balance between the old and the new in Star Wars also helped people listening feel a little bit better about different ways to think about it, different ways to approach it. As always, I would like more grievances. You can send me anything you like. You can send me logic flaws in the film, but generally I prefer something that eats at you, something that distracts you, something that just needs some bakta for your soul. I will soul bakta you. And you, of course, can send me those grievances on the social media. Use the hashtag SWCounseling so I can find them. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. We release an episode every other Friday. There is much more Star Wars counseling to come. You can also find me personally on all the social media. Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed. All the information on that is on josephscrimshaw.com. Speaking of old things, that's a website. Anyway, you can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod. You can support our new Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. And of course, you can buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Counseling.